This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Red Bull Rant. The Red Bull Rant is a free-flowing podcast with three soccer-loving idiots who don't know when to shut their dumb potty mouths. So listener discretion, yeah, it's it's pretty much advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Ramp Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of Vespi Nation and What's a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is episode 192, Half and Half. Ooh. Not tail two halves? No, come on, you know that's been beaten to death. They, I think they even said that during the game. I think I we've mean, actually even used it as a title already. And I, I think we have, too. Yeah. You can't oh, repeat titles? Probably some week that Truman was absent, and I was like, I got it! Taylor two hands. This is this is genius, my friends. Genius. No one's ever said that before. I got it. Hold on. I guess this should be half in a minute, technically. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, hooray! Red Bulls got a point on the road. Boo! They gave up two goals in a minute. Ugh. <sighs> yeah. Uh, <There's>, uh, just, <laughs> Rabble, 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 rabble. Rabble, rabble, rabble. All right, everybody. We're not going to achieve anything by just, we just stand around yelling rabble, rabble. <laughs> uh, you know, it sucked watching this game the day after. Because I, avoid, I avoided everything for over 24 hours after this. So I think I sat down at 7.30, 7.45 Monday night to start watching this game. Mm-hmm. And I avoided everything up until that point. Mm-hmm. And that blows. Yeah. Having to watch that. Yep. The bright side is apparently the guys who do MLS for Fox Soccer to Go are actually pretty good. Hey! Which I never realized before because I always tried to avoid Fox Soccer to Go thinking they're going to be terrible. Do they do they want to build a wall to keep refs out of the United States? <laughs> uh, they're British, so I'm assuming no. Uh, you know what? I might get behind that after this game. So <laughs> I, might, I, might vote. I might vote yes there. Make MLS great again? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. And you know who's going to pay for it. The refs are going to pay for it. The refs are going to pay for it. (laughs) And there's your political commentary in election season. Hit that unsubscribe button, folks. Just keep hitting that unsubscribe button. (laughs) Oh, the Republican listeners are gone. You can't mix politics with soccer. That's right. (laughs) All right, so let's get into this one with our uh, dislikes. Pat, you can go first. What did you dislike about this one? I think it's that they gave up two goals in a minute. <laughs> I mean, this game was going so well for so long. I mean, like, you know, I actually, I was grilling and I had the TV set outside and I had gone in, my, come out, and my buddy's like, oh, question scored. I'm like, from a PK? He's like, oh, run and play. I'm like, awesome. And then you had that great, you know, free kick goal. I mean, question being question, you know. I mean, I know Sean Davis would do much better, but, <laughs> you know, Sasha Kleshton is really doing really well. And, you know, so I'm like, wow, two goals in the first half. We got this. And then it fell. The wheels came off so fast in the second half and just absolutely sucked. Um, you know, three points were there for the taking. Uh, finally, a road win where they could have, you know, leapt ahead in the uh, standings, and uh, they blew it. I mean, quite simply. I mean, in general, you shouldn't be so upset about getting a point on the road. I mean, that's kind of the name of the game in a parody league. But when you blow it like that, it's impossible to be happy. Uh, the only way that result was not that so Metro, because that team would have lost this game <laughs> 100% because the pressure – after those two goals, never ended. They went up a man, and it continued, and corner after corner after free kick. I've never seen anything like it. It was completely out of control. But since we already talked about that, and I'm going to beat – hopefully I'm beating Jay to the punch on this one. How did the Red Bulls not get a penalty, that penalty kick call uh, earlier in the first half when there, there was two made in one play? A handball, and I don't care what you want to tell me about hands – arm up, unnatural position, no matter what, is a handball, and then BWP gets slide tackled from behind, uh, somehow also not called in the span of 10 seconds. Mm. Neither of those called, but uh, Zizo does get uh, called for PK. 
Um, leading to Jesse Marsh, of course, uh, going bananas not too long ago and getting fu- recently getting fined for it. But do you want to talk about absolute piss-poor refereeing uh, between three people on that field? Classic example. H- horrible. Uh, just makes you sick. Now they still scored two goals in that half. Fantastic, but things like that, it's just, it's got to end. Yeah, you beat me to that punch, all right. Did I? Yeah, I mean, we got to talk about it. Wow, it Horrible. Gonna, yeah, it was going to happen eventually, so you might as well be the one to talk about it to me. Because <laughs> Lord knows I've whipped that horse many, many times on the show. Right. I'm saving <laughs> you from it. I'm saving you from yourself. Uh, uh, how, Pat talked about the fact that they gave two goals a minute. How about that after the second goal they scored, they just looked like they took their foot off the gas? Because yeah. that is why the goals got scored. It's... Talk about how talk about how you want about the referee calling Zizo for that foul, but not Ray Phillips. You know the the penalty in the first half, which honestly I think the the shock from that probably led to the second goal. But you were absolutely dominating, dominating Philly with the yeah. high press. Yeah. And as soon as you score the second goal, you back off. Why the fuck would you back off? You just scored two goals in half an hour. Yep. Like <laughs> you know after um. The uh, Philly got that offsides call where they they thought they had scored and then it was uh, offside. The Red Bulls dominated the rest of the half. Yeah. From that play, maybe the Philly had um, maybe like one. They had one more chance, maybe two and a half. It was all Red Bulls, all Red Bulls in the first half. And then yeah. you just you just backed off the wheel and you weren't parking the bus, but you were sort of you were like half parking it and like. How many times have we seen teams that play like that just get just get you know taken advantage of? The, the Red Bulls DNA is high pressure all the time. You're not high pressing. You're going to get taken advantage of because your defense is specifically set up to work with high pressure. Yeah, I mean to bring up you know bring up an analogy to what the to what the uh, Brits call gridiron football prevent defense only prevents you from winning the game. I mean, if you go into a shell of yourself and just give the other team all the space in the world, they're going to take advantage of it. And that's what happened. I mean, we actually have a question coming up in the next segment for, um, you know, our guest, Michael Lewis. And one thing it says, you know, why are they still high pressing? The defense sucks. That's just it. The high press actually mitigates that defensive aspect. You know, it's the high press in many ways is the defense. Right. when you take the foot off the gas, what happened, uh, you know, on Sunday is what happens. And it's, it's very, very frustrating. And it doesn't help that this was Parnell's first start back from injury. Mm-hmm. And then they subbed him off in, what, like the 65th, 70th minute? Mm-hmm. So you know that means that he wasn't planned in to be there the whole game. Right. Which, if you're going to put a center back in, why are you planning to take him out at any point in that game? Right. Unless he's injured. Mm-hmm. But then you have the fact that it's Pernell's first start back with playing with uh, Collins. So of course, you're going to have chemistry issues because you can't have you know the same f- four fucking defensemen ever start a game two years no. in a row. Because yeah. you know where would the challenge be, right? <laughs> right. So it's just like you're already setting yourself up for problems on the defensive end. Which don't get me wrong, you know, in the first half, Cullen and Pernell did really well to get back at points. And force offsides many, many times against Philly. Mm-hmm. Like, legitimately, there should have been two or three chances against a normal defense that Philly would have gotten, which they didn't because Paranel and Colin played them offside perfectly. But, you know, you have all that, then you start backing off, and then you're up a man with about ten minutes to go, and so what do you do? You put a fifth defender on? Yeah. Why? I think that, Jay, I think that's the biggest issue is, you know, you can be mad all you want at the two goals in less than two minutes. Be more mad as every, at everything that happened afterwards. And that's the thing, being up a man and putting on the fifth defender because the team had lost it. They had just completely lost it and just prayed they can come out of there with a draw. And, I mean, that's, that's, that's exactly what we saw in that game. Team up a man and did not tough it out and, and go for the kill and go for a win. And they never looked like they were up a man the whole, that entire time. In not fairness. Once. In fairness, Ronald Zubar is one of the few people to actually scored a goal against Colorado Colorado Rapids this year. So maybe it was mind game. Um, sure. If they ever got yeah. to the other side of the field and got a, a corner, you know, <laughs> I maybe that would have worked. Outside the game, but you know, 
I mean, I, I, I just don't get it, right? Like, I understand, okay, I understand wanting to get a point on the road because th- that's been really hard for this team apparently this year. But you can't tell me that five defenders is a good idea when every time before this he put five defenders on the field, you lost the game. Right, right. Or, or gave up, you know, gave up the, the tying goal, goal or whatever, yeah. yeah. Yep. Like five de- five defenders has not worked for this team. Thankfully, right. this time. No. Nope. I mean, I'm not even saying you had to take a you had to take a defender off, but why not take off like a winger and put on a bond? Give yourself a second striker that maybe creates a little bit more space for Wright Phillips and you know gets that ball up the field. And even if you don't make you don't you don't get a shot in there, one you might release some pressure, but two you don't look pathetic leaving Philly. Right. Listen, you t- if you, if if Marsh put in a def- uh, attacker and lost, I know people would be complaining about it because you know why would you give up the point on the road? But honestly, I at this point I would rather have that because at least he sh- they show they're trying to win, right? Because <laughs> they don't look like they're trying to win on the road anymore. It looks like they're trying to play the three points at home, one on the road game, and that's not how you're going to get towards the top of the Eastern Conference at this point. Yeah, not when you're playing a team that's right above you. Yeah, and then you're subbing forwards out. Yeah, literally, you could have leapfrogged them. Up a man, yeah, up a man. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're playing it like on South Street in Philadelphia. You know, I don't. I don't care where the game is. Just frustrating. And I want to talk about a bond, but maybe we'll talk about that later. And uh, we'll just stick to our being mad at this game. But remind me, we're gonna. I want to talk about him a little later. All right, third segment. We got all the time in the world. Yeah, some third segment action. We got lots of third segment action. Come in at you. And that's what we call a teaser. Yeah. Because <laughs> you weren't going to stay listening anyway. Well, you might have left left already after the whole, you know, fun politic thing, but, you know. Yeah, if you're a Republican. <laughs> Sorry, Republicans. My family are Republicans, so. Um, so is there anything positive we can take from this game at all? Truman, you, you can go first. Anything? Uh, yeah, Sasha looked good for a half, right? Mm-hmm. All-star Sasha Kleischen stealing Sean Davis's All-Star spot. Um, yeah, he looked he looked great. I don't know for a half he he was awesome. Um, that's it. Oh, all right. One more complaint, and then and then I am done, and then we're gonna move on. We're in the positive standard. Why did the Why did the Philadelphia Union ownership decide to move the away support one section closer to the River End? Because then you don't have the assholes that's in that section cause more problems. Oh, so yeah, but that's a good idea. Let's get him closer. Let's not put oh. him on the other side of the stadium like every other team does. I didn't say it was the right over. I'm saying that's probably the reason why. It's because <sighs> that. Well, listen, that section unfortunately used to sit between Riverend and, and the traveling support. I know, I know. They were dicks. I mean, you, yeah, we've been there. They're right. dicks. Right. So you take them out of the equation. Maybe that's the only thing I can think of. I don't agree with it, but that's probably the reasoning. I think it's more because they've seen all the uh, ratings NYC and FC in New York are getting, where because they're actually fighting each other. I think they were just trying for more violence. You know, little fan violence sells big time. Yeah. yeah. Is is that your like, fan violence? <laughs> My like is fan violence. Give me the blood. <laughs> Even though you've railed against it every single time. <laughs> like, Love it. Change his mind. I'm changed. I want to see fights every game. No, he was I, just luring us into it. <laughs> I uh, no, I, I totally just it's same as Truman. I mean, Sasha Kleshin looked great. Um, you know, two goals, uh, one from the runner play, one from a free kick. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had a hell of a game. All star ballot, well deserved. Uh, ignored by Jurgen Klinsmann, I'm sure. Uh, come October, <laughs> um, he's on vacation. He does not notice. Who is Sasha Kleschen? I've never heard this name before. Um, so, yeah, good, good like for Sasha Kleschen. Uh I already mentioned it. I'm going to go with it because there's nothing else I could like about this game. Uh, the bro- broadcasters that Fox Sports go or Fox Soccer to go had, uh, when I heard the British voice, I was like, oh, shit, here we go again. A single British guy is going to call this game. But then he had a partner, <gasps> and they actually worked, and, and they worked well together. And they weren't obnoxious like the Fox Sports guys. Hmm. Imagine that. The Fox is the whole Fox brand is obnoxious. Well, sorry, sorry, Alexis. Last week, come back on our show. Well, <laughs> Fox, I, 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 the only yeah. network that has the same song for every sport they've ever had on TV. That's it. They they came up with one song, and they're like, you know what? 
Good for everything. What is they, it? Golf? Boom. That song. Hockey? Yeah. Boom. They must be paying royalties at the ass for that song to never change. <laughs> they should bring back that song and robots. Boom. They should just uh, they should just dig uh, John Tesh's M- NBC NBA song <gasps> out of it. Oh, oh. No, no. Yes. Make it a soccer. No, I don't. Oh, man. Why ruin the classic? Why ruin that classic? No. Make the classic MLS, baby. No. Jay, I'm telling you right now, we are closing the show with that song. You're going to find it in front of the end because that song can't be played enough. Absolutely. Do not ruin that song by putting it on Fox. Let NBC have it. When NBC finally gets around to getting MLS again, they start showing games on NBC. Let them then pull it out of the draw for that. They won't, but let them. Mm. That's on time. All right, so predictions. Uh, well, Pat didn't predict anything. Yeah, I would have predicted a loss, so you can actually just give me a loss. Well, you got the loss anyway. <laughs> I, either, but... I, was, I was planning on predicting a loss, so it's okay. Me, I, I did. I did predict a loss. So. Two nothing. I predicted 1-1, so I get the point for the draw but not the score. But that moves me into a tie with Pat with 13 points. Oh, but Pat has a tiebreaker on me right now. Ah. So Home wins? What's the tiebreaker? Goal differential? To- uh, the, the whole scoreline thing. Oh, right. He has two, I have one. Mm. So, but I'm there. I'm right there. Because, uh, you know, you actually have to be close to the top, Truman, to have a chance of winning. Whatever, man. I'm giving you guys a break. <laughs> taking a year off. I still don't know my championship belt. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that'll be exchanged to Forza Lucha. There you go. Or that's you know that's actually a good place to exchange it. Yeah. I was planning to come up for that, so you never know. All right. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about with Philly? I assume the answer is no, but I ask let's anyone. get let's get up ninety five and get out of town. Absolutely. All right. So with that, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back. We're going to have on with us from Big Apple Soccer, Michael Lewis. We'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. We want to welcome on to the show today, from BigAppleSoccer.com, Mr. Michael Lewis. Michael, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. Great to be on. It's our pleasure. Uh, you, you know, you've been covering the Red Bulls for a lot of years. It's good to finally have you on the show. Um, so let's talk about the game against uh, Philly. You know, Red Bulls get that two nothing lead in the first half, have a really bad minute in the second half, and come away with a two two draw. Uh, do you, what do you think about the fact that you know the Red Bulls have kind of been on this trend recently of getting leads and then giving them away to you know draws or losses? Well, um, I, I'm not going to be the first one who says this, but you know to be a successful team uh, in any league in the world, just can't afford to do that uh, to take the lead and then uh, continue to leave points on the table. And if I'm not mistaken, in, in about four or five games this year they've lost. I think uh, they've lost about eight points on the table. And I'm not saying they should have gotten all of them, but if they would have had like half of them, um, things would be uh, different in the Eastern Conference, particularly against uh, certain foes. Um, it's a habit that I- easy to get into, difficult to get out of. It's a mental situation. Um, easier said than done. Uh to, to get out of it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what transpires against NYCFC this Sunday if the Red Bulls take the lead and we're in the second half. What's going to happen? I know I put a lot into that one statement that I know you probably have a few follow-up questions on. That. <laughs> um, I want to know, they, they give up the penalty kick goal. They give up the second goal uh, You know, a little over a minute later. And then they go up a man and for the entire rest of the game, it never looked like it. What happens there? What happens? Did the confidence just vanish? The gameplay went away? Uh, they put on the fifth defender and just kind of quit and prayed for the draw? Uh, I think you, you said it quite well. Uh, it's, it's confidence. And, you know, we could measure uh, a player's height and weight. We could find out how fast the player is. Um, you know, the reach of a goalkeeper or trying to stop a, a a shot. I mean, there's so many things we could uh, 
you mem- uh, use numbers for. But confidence, that's something that's within. And I hope I don't sound like a cliche, but when you're playing a game, you need the entire team being confident, uh, not just 8 out of 11 or 9 out of 11. And it just seemed like it was about three or four players that were uh, believed in themselves during that time. I have very rarely have seen a Red Bulls team react like that. I've seen some unusual things uh, during the 21 years I've covered the Red Bulls. Yes, I've covered them since day one. But I don't recall ever seeing them uh, play like that. They might have, but I just don't recall. And confidence is so important. And, you know, you have plenty of leaders on this team, experienced players. These are not rookies that are in these various positions. And I'm really, really stunned that they couldn't find someone, uh, you know, to get the ball. It's not necessarily to clear it, but it's to, like, settle things down. I believe I tweeted a few times during the second half, boy, the Red Bulls could use a timeout right now. And as we all know, that doesn't happen in soccer. Uh, unless there's, um, I guess, a heat timeout or an, in, an injury situation. And I'm not saying fake an injury, but sometimes we've seen teams do that just to slow the game down because the game, um, they, they could not keep up with the pace and the situation uh, that was happening in, in Chester, Pennsylvania on Sunday night. Do you think losing locker room favorite and, uh, you know, trusted veteran Sam uh, Lloyd Sam had something to do with the lack of confidence there? I, you know, I don't, I would like to think it doesn't. I mean, you know, uh, I like, you know, I'll say this personally. I liked Lloyd Sam. It was great talking to him on and off the record uh, about various things, a uh, very upbeat personality. But if one person, if they lose one person, and the team gets unraveled like that, boy, what does that say about the rest of the team? And again, uh, you know, they have some strong personalities on this team that I think should be able to be the glue and keep the team together. Yes, it hurts losing someone like him, but uh, I uh, I don't think he was the key to this team. Uh, What makes this Red Bull team, I think, so unique is because there's not one really major designated player uh, or star, there are some very good players on the team, but it, because there's no Tim Cahill, Terry Henry, um, you know, one missing one player won't necessarily mean it's the end of the world. Uh, I hope I'm wrong about Lloyd Sam, but if I'm not, that's that's a that's going to be a a tough one for the Red Bulls. <laughs> uh, I want to just get back about get uh, back to the uh, the old fifth defender. Which somehow, I mean, it finally did work, but what what's happening there? Not only in this game, which now they brought in the fifth defender and they didn't uh, give up a lead, but what's been going on with that recently, where they have given up goals, bringing that fifth guy on? Are they just not? Are they not practicing it enough? Is this just um, maybe a couple guys in that center back uh, trying to take charge, and no one knows who exactly is charge? I mean, is, is leadership an issue back there? Um. You know, it's again, it's not just the back line. It's also, I think, you know, team defense. I'm not trying to sound like a coaching cliche because the entire team plays defense. And uh, I think it's a combination of things. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I remember just one of Jesse Marsh's quotes, and I think he used the word, he had to ridiculously use a fifth defender to calm things down when they had a, a, a player up a man up, which is he thought was absurd. And I agree with him. Um, I, I just think, you know, again, lack of confidence. Um, it, it, and when you have no confidence, it's almost like panic could set in. And if this happens enough, and I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but I, I've covered enough sports through the years that if this happens enough, it seems it becomes a reoccurring thing, uh, you know, and it's something that, the team works on in practice, you know, uh, playing uh, as, as a line in the back, clearances, that sort of thing. They have set-piece um, drills uh, to take free kicks and corner kicks and defend against them as well. 
and who should do what. And, and let's face it, sometimes the ball has a mind of its own, but um, I, I don't think it is anything that Jesse Marsh uh, is or isn't doing uh, because I think his practices from the ones I've been at have been pretty copious. So uh, speaking of Jesse Marsh, um, you know, during halftime of the Orlando City match, he made a point of saying uh, to MSG about the, the fact that the Rebels only got one penalty kick all year. Uh, after the Philly match, the Red, he's made some comments about um, the treatment from the referees. Do you think this is more of him... I, I don't really like to use the term whining because I don't think that's what it is, but do you think it's more of him trying to you know, make a case for his team or is this him trying to be kind of psychological towards the referees and maybe get some more favorable calls in the future. I think yeah, I think uh, it's the latter that you said. I think sometimes we'll see it at a basketball game where uh, we'll overhear a, a basketball coach yell at a referee. It's too late to change uh, an official's mind on a play, but I think he's setting them up for, for something later on. Here, there, it's on the sidelines in the soccer game. In this situation, this was at a, you know, a press briefing at, at the Red Bulls training area uh, yesterday, and unfortunately, I was not there. But I did receive a, a video. Uh, I'm sorry, an audio recording of it, and um, you know, every, it, it's there for everyone to hear. And Mark Geiger, who's going to be working the middle of Sunday's uh, Hudson River Derby match. Um, if he if he does read any of of these remarks, it could be water off a duck's back. It could work the opposite way too, uh, because I think referees, um, whether they're good or bad or indifferent, they try to be impartial. And I don't think I would like to think most referees would not let whatever a coach says affect their judgment. If they do, then I don't think they should be referees. I don't know if you. If I made my point there, I think I did. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, well, let's let's get over Philadelphia, and we will move on to the game on Sunday. And uh, uh, since we're on the topic about refereeing and stuff, will David Villa get a call against him in this game? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Um, you know that. Uh, you know who knows. Um, it, it just depends on. Um, I guess uh, wh- where he has the ball, when he has the ball, uh, who's what angle uh, a Red Bull uh, defender is uh, uh, covering him. Um, I, I guess I guess we're gonna just have to wait and see. I mean, I'm looking forward to the game in general. Uh, I mean, I know this is only going to be the sixth Derby match, but everyone that has been played has had its own atmosphere, its own story to tell whether or not you're a fan of one team or another. And uh, I, I've written this uh, a few times, and I think I'll be – this is like my unofficial motto. I root for the story. I don't, nec- I don't root for a team. There might come a time during a game when Team A is beating Team B, and I go, okay, shut the, sto- shut the game down now. I've got, got my great angle. What I'm, what I'm getting at is these, this has been a lot of fun – for someone like me who tries to be a neutral observer, who tries to be more logical uh, than rooting for a particular team, um, and that might disappoint some of your, uh, your, your, you know, your uh, fans out there. Uh, but uh, I, I do enjoy a good soccer game, and so far, regardless who's winning or losing, I have enjoyed the derby uh, matches so far. Well, the good thing is two of our most loyal listeners, one is an NYCFC fan and the other is a Philly fan, so it won't offend too many of them. <laughs> okay. So, uh, obviously, a big, uh, you know, Q&A with Gonzalo Verón broke today on EmpireSoccer.com where he mentioned, uh, where Gonzalo Verón mentioned that he is not really talking all that much with Jesse Marsh. Um, I mean, is this something to be worried about in the future? I mean, is Gonzalo... Can we now, lay, at this point, label Gonzalo Verona bust? Uh, what's what do you think there? Uh, he's been a disappointment, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, any player, I, I listen. I, I had really never heard of him until the Red Bull signed him last year, and then he becomes a DP, and I'm thinking, okay, he must be a pretty 
a good player or shows potential or shows something. And I understand he's had an unfortunate run of injuries. Um, he has looked, you know, well, in preseason, he looked very promising. Uh, he was scoring a couple of goals, uh, looking uh, good, setting up teammates, and, and then he gets uh, injured. And we all know what happened uh, against, uh, what was it, Houston, I believe, where with that, the game of hamstrings. And he just hasn't been the same player since. This is a great opportunity for him. And I'm not saying to play like a superstar, but to, to play, well, uh, let's say like Lloyd Sam. I know he's a different player than Lloyd Sam, but rule the right wing. Because, you know, if he, well, if he doesn't do it, Alex Mule will, will wind up being the regular there. I think that job is, is, is up for grabs right now. And I don't think it has been officially won yet. Uh, Jesse Marsh might say it might be won in practice, um, every, you know, every day, but, um, yes, he has been, he's been a major disappointment. And if he doesn't do anything in the next few games, yeah, you could probably say start using the word flop. So, yeah, I think you kind of bring a, up an interesting point about how that position vacated by Sam is unsettled. I mean, what's the point of trading a player who's been a stalwart, even if his you know returns have been diminishing for allocation money? If you're not going to spend it, I mean, any clue what's uh, going on there? Uh, well, give him time. They, we just don't know what you know, what they're going to spend it on. Uh, I have to admit, Lloyd Sam, to me, hasn't been the same player as Lloyd Sam last year. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, In terms of being productive, being dangerous, uh, and he's 31 years old, and players that age as a winger generally don't get any faster. If anything, they're going to slow, they slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I hope, for the Red Bull's sake in general, that they use that that money for allocation soon and wisely because you're going to be fans and observers saying, well, why did they trade them if they're not using it right now? Because they do need um, some improvements with this team, whether it's on the right side, uh, whether it's even to have a, a a decent backup striker that you can rely on just in case uh, BWP gets injured, you know, you know, we, we take him for granted that he's uh, going to be out there for every game. And I say the same thing about uh, David Villa for NYCFC. Uh, it, it's great that the what these two strikers do and produce, but if they ever go down, both teams are going to be in trouble. So uh, I'm just um, waiting to see what the Red Bulls are going to use it for, hopefully sooner than later. So uh, on Sunday, the game's going to start 1 p.m. in the afternoon, and, you know, it's the middle of July, and a lot of of fans remember the Chris Heck uh, afternoon game on a Wednesday against Chicago a few years ago. Uh, With with the forecast right now calling for about 60, or sorry, 96 degrees at kickoff, and I imagine on field will probably be, you know, maybe around 100 at that point. Uh, How big of a factor do you think the heat is going to be uh, for this game? I think it will slow it down as the game obviously goes on. It will be interesting to see how the players play early on, whether or not they're going to go full throttle or they're going to save energy for later on. Uh, With temperatures like that, uh, my gut feeling is there's going to be a water break midway through each half. Uh, because it will be over, I believe, what, 86, 87 degrees, which is a wise thing to do. Um, but, yeah, I don't like these games starting at 1 p.m. I mean, you know, yes, Chris Heck in 2012, um, they had a game at 1 p.m., matinee game, and what I was really surprised is that they didn't learn their lesson from 2003 when the Metro Stars, the Red Bulls forerunners, um played the Kansas City Wizards and the Wizards defender Jimmy Conrad went down with heat exhaustion and he had to be taken out uh, on a stretcher off the field. And as we all know, he he was okay later on, but it was a very, very scary situation because the temperature on the field turf, and that was the first year they had, if I'm not mistaken, the new field turf there was 118 degrees. I understand grass is different than field turf. It should be a, a bit cooler, hopefully, 
that was a noon start, and uh, boy, I, I just thought people would have learned from that, whether it's the league, the team, or television scheduling it, uh, a game like that in July and August, not just in New York, New Jersey, but anywhere, uh, just about anywhere in this country. I mean, there are exceptions, obviously, in terms of climate, but uh, it's, a, it's a dangerous prescription of uh, for the players, and I have another saying: It's always about the players uh, because they're they're the ones that are going to go out there and toil. Um, they're you know that's why everyone goes to the stadium, and you want to protect your product. Uh, I don't want to be so blunt, but like that, but uh, it's all about the players. Um, real quick, uh, we have an email from a listener, but I want to ask you something. When you're there getting ready to set up and you got your laptop and all your stuff ready, what else are you putting around your station, your little seat station to keep you cool? Are you going to have, like, the little fan going, uh, the fan with the spray bottle? I mean, what's going to happen there? How are you going to keep cool? Not, nothing at all. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, if, you know, it's funny. There are times when it's whether it's been – well, there was one game I remember. It was so bad. It was raining so bad. We all went inside and watched it on TV. Not but because – not because we're wimps, but because we don't want to get our computers wet. <laughs> um, um, and there, the tough thing is sometimes when you're out there trying to type in cold weather, it, uh, sometimes the fingers don't listen to what's inside your head. Uh, I will be wearing a hat. I will make sure my screen is very, very bright because I understand how what the glare will we'll be like there. I've, I've covered a couple games, afternoon games there, and I'd like to see what I am writing but for my quick story for, for Big Apple after the match. Um, but uh, maybe a bottle of water. That's about it. And uh, and hopefully it'll be a very fast game, not too much uh, stoppage time at any of the halves, at the, at the end of the halves. And uh, I just want it to be a well-played game, a fun game, and, and something good to write about. <laughs> So uh, our listener email, I'm going to paraphrase this just to you know, save some time. Uh, this comes from Miguel Nunez. He asks, uh, basically with you know, Lloyd Sand being shipped off, uh, the complaining about the referees, um, and insisting on uh, Alex Mule over Gonzalo Verón, is it possible that Marsh uh, has, quote, lost the plot? I, I know we kind of talked about some of that stuff in you know, piecemeal, but what do you think? Is it like Taking all that together, is it possible that something has gone wrong for Jesse and he's just maybe kind of spiraling out of control? I you know, I don't think so. Um, you know, maybe he's just trying to, you know, in terms of fuel playing for Verone, maybe he's trying to, to push Verone as well, too. Um, because there are different ways. I'm, listen, I, I again, I'm not a psychiatrist, and there are different ways to to push a player's buttons and sometimes uh, to, to get a veteran player going, it's good to put a, a younger player there. Uh, I think Alex is, what, 19 years old? He's going to be 20 later this year. Um, and he has shown some potential. Uh, he still has a ways to go. But um, I don't think uh, Jesse Marsh has lost the plot, uh, at least not yet. <laughs> so this Sunday, the rubber match between uh, New York City and Red Bulls. Uh, what's your prediction for this match? <laughs> um, everyone, you know, I think it's going to wind up being a two-two draw. I mean, everyone says it's going to be a win, it's going to be a loss. Um, I just think it, 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 both teams are going to uh, negate each other out, and it's going to wind up being a two-two draw. I know that sounds disappointing because the Red Bulls do need the points, um, you know, in general, but also to try to, to catch. Uh, NYCFC, but uh, I just think uh, that's that's what's going to happen. Uh, one thing I will say, I'm really hoping that this isn't the last time they play this year. There's something called the MLS playoffs, and I would love to see these two teams play either in the conference semifinals or final, which would be outrageous uh, because that's when be so much more on the line. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but both teams are positioning themselves at least to make the postseason, barring a major collapse or a surprise. So I'm hoping, yes, I understand it's the third match, the rubber match, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed come uh, November we have a 
an, uh, another game at Yankee Stadium and, and uh, another game at Red Bull Arena between these two teams. Uh, it would be fantastic. Amen. All right. Uh, Michael, before we let you go, uh, we always give our guests a chance to uh, promote themselves. Uh, you know, where can people uh, find you online? Where can they read your uh, writing? All that good stuff. So whatever you would like to promote, feel free. Okay. Do you have, do you have about a half hour? I'm <laughs> I, um, I, the editor of BigAppleSoccer.com. Uh, we cover um, soccer in the metropolitan area. The, uh, Christian Dyer, by the way, does an excellent job for us covering the Red Bulls on a daily basis. And we cover the other teams, too. And, for, you know, your readers might get upset about that. But it doesn't hurt to, to read about the other teams, uh, no matter who they are. Um, I'm, I'm also the uh, soccer uh, correspondent for Newsday, newspaper on Long Island. Um, and, uh, geez, uh, I also uh, write a, an American history soccer column for The Guardian, uh, usually on a monthly basis, um, and I uh, find a snippet, uh, which I consider as an interesting snippet of U.S. soccer history, and uh, they give me 2,000 words, God bless them, uh, and it's incredible when you give, just like a, a player, when you give a player time and space, what he can do, when you give a writer some time and space, what he or she can do as well, too. Um, and I've enjoyed doing that, and in fact, I am almost completed my, my latest uh, um, story for The Guardian uh, as well, too, and it's been a lot of fun. And there have been a, I've written about a number of uh, players from the New York metropolitan area, players, coaches, and officials over the last year and a half. Um, I also write for some um, other websites, but uh, like I said, you don't have a half hour. <laughs> Excellent. All right, well... Uh, Michael, thank you for taking time to talk to us today. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll have more Red Bull rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant. Uh, I want to thank Michael Lutz for coming on the show. You can read his stuff at BigAppleSoccer.com and all the other sites he mentioned. I'm not going to spend five minutes promoting him because he already did that. Um, so we have the New York Red Bulls hosting New York City FC in the final regular season match between the three teams this year. Uh, that game is Sunday, July 24th, 1 p.m. start time. And as we mentioned during the interview with Michael, uh, 96 degrees, game time temperature right now is predicted. Uh, yeah. Uh, this game will be broadcast on Fox. Not Fox Sports. Fox. Actual Fox. Actual Fox. For realsies Fox. As yeah. was the uh, Timber Sounders game was last week. Do they have... Are they broadcasting something else at the time? Is that why we're on proper Fox? No, they, they're they putting the MLS on Fox. Don't forget the, uh, the first um, Derby game was on Fox as well. Was... Oh, was um, I don't have cable down here, so. Well, that's good that. because you wouldn't need cable to watch Fox. Yeah, you just need a but you need rabbit ears. You know, just yeah, sure we have you, rabbit ears. You, you just need that. Yeah, you need the antenna with like the big turning dial, and, and the antenna goes wah 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 wah. You need to get the kid to go on there like, all right, son, turn a little more to the dog. Here's your aluminum foil. Get up there. Get up there, boy. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll see. Anyway, uh, before we actually do predictions have a little kind of a special treat here for you guys. Uh, our friends from the Caught Offside podcast uh, sent us some audio of Luis Robles answering one of their questions. Um, we we haven't listened to the show, so we don't know if this is actually in the show or not, but, um, you know, they're nice enough to send it to us. So, of course, we're going to play it for you guys because, hey, what's the point of turning down free audio, right? That's right. That's a little juicy. Yeah. Uh, get, grab some popcorn for the next, like, minute and a half. This is the first time that a player has kind of been on our show. <laughs> so, drink it up, everybody. So, feel free to pause it right now, go get yourself some popcorn, a nice chair, and listen to Luis Robles. Surely that's a compliment to you guys, that you've owned them so much, that a regular season game in the middle of July means that much that they've got to take a picture. Surely that's a compliment to what you guys have done. It's a compliment, but 
at the same time, we take that stuff personally. You know, we they outcompeted us. They deserve the result. But then for them to go over the top and celebrate like that, um, we can't help but take that a little personally. There's a few different things going on here. First, we're ticked off with the Instagram, social media picture that they took. You know, they finally beat us after five attempts, and they made it look like they won MLS Cup. They made it look like they won Champions League. And for not only just the players to be in that, but for the coaches and the the, the backroom staff, I mean, I mean, in a sense, it, it's just <clears throat> there's going to be definitely more gratification beating them and just treating it as, you know what, business as usual, looking back at that sort of picture. And then the second thing is they're at the top of the league. I mean, the top of our conference. Right. So if we want, I mean, we're we're definitely looking up at them. And if we want to make ground, this is a six-pointer. This is a perfect opportunity. And the last thing, the last thing is we're at home. And we've done quite well at home, but we have to defend our turf. In the same way that we went to their place and embarrassed them 7-0, you better believe that they have that same thinking, that they want to come to our place, and that they want to embarrass us, and that they want to show New York that they are blue. But it is, in our, it is every... Everything that we're doing this week is to not only represent the organization, but our fan base in trying to not only climb the ladder, but maintain this New Yorkers right. So there you have it. And if you want to listen to the rest of the World List interview, that is available. On, I just checked. It's available on iTunes and uh, the ESPN app. So Remember, that's the Caught Offside podcast. Caught Offside podcast. We'd like to thank Luis Robles for coming on the show today. <laughs> so, Yeah. Louis Robles throwing some shade at NYCFC, huh? How about uh, that? Don't they call that bulletin board material? Oh, uh, yeah. That was a bit of a troll job there by uh, Luis, no doubt about that. And a great one at that, for sure. Acting like they won Champions League. I love it. I mean, that's kind of how they did act, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They all and did. It, and it wasn't just the team. It was the fans, now. Champions of July. And, and, and we're still hearing it. Oh, for sure. It's like, and, and, and this week, the best thing is like this week. I've heard, I've seen comments on Twitter about the farm team. Like, really, you're going to call us the farm team when you are the exact same thing? Yeah, right. Like, don't get me wrong. Red Bulls fans shouldn't be calling NYCFC a farm team for the same exact reason. Nobody has the right to call anybody in this scenario a farm team. But like, come on. Well, in fairness, how many of our guys have gone to Red Bull Salzburg once they got great? Like all of, all of none. And how many guys, and how many guys do we sign and then loan to Red Bull Salzburg and then they decided to stay at Red Bull Salzburg? That's true. And we, and we didn't hire a coach because, uh, the parent club wants him to get, you know, brought up to speed so he can coach the Premier League team. Absolutely. So I guess, yeah, I guess there is all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, so predictions, uh, for this one. Pat, since you actually didn't give one, you get to go first this time. All right, I'm actually going to agree partially with Michael Lewis. I, I think it is going to be a, a draw. Uh, I'm going to go with a 1-1 slog. I mean, I think the weather is certainly going to play a bit into it, um, kind of slow the game down. Um, you know, it'll be a hot one for sure. And I think that's really all it is behind it. Um, you know, not not much else. I mean, I do think the teams more or less are evenly matched. I mean, New York City's FC, for, you know, better for worse, is a top league, so they're not – you know, the joke they were last season. And, um, but I also don't think the, you know, the Rebels, Rebels certainly are not going to take this, this game lightly for sure. So, um, I think they'll both get their licks, uh, and, uh, we'll come away with, unfortunately, with only a 1 1 draw. I think fat Frankie Lampard's going to die in the heat. Ooh. I think that's yeah. what's going to happen. He's, he's just going to finally melt into a giant puddle of goo. Is it going to happen after the minute where the game becomes official, though? Because they probably will postpone if he dies. That's true. Well, the Red Wolves will just keep playing on. They'll just, yeah. they'll just run through the pile of goo. Uh, just to be different, I'm going to say the Red Bulls win one nothing. Uh, just because I also don't want to say one one. That's the only reason I'm saying one nothing. It's going to be hot, at, hot as hell. Terrible time to play a game. Uh, I'm thinking uh, the big three uh, with the Blue Boys are old, so they're going to get tired of quicker, and then you just have to defend that little Harrison kid, just knock him around a few times um, with our big central defenders, our big French central de- defense there. Uh, and, yeah, let's – I mean, I, I really want to get a win here. Like we said, uh, Bolton bouldered material with all these Instagram celebration pictures, maybe that will actually fire this team up. 
um, to not give up a goal uh, so quickly or towards the end of the game and actually lock down a win and a home win and send the uh, the Smurfs home crying and sitting uh, on waiting to get in that path train for about three hours in the heat. Uh, I th- I'm going with, with what Michael Lewis said. I'm 2-2 draw. I, I really, really do want to predict a win. But after last week, I don't know if I trust the team to win. Um, I trust them more on the uh, at home down the road. We'll, we'll give them that. But um, I think with just the way the past month, month and a half has been, where they just couldn't seem to buy a win when they wanted it, um, except for Orlando, because apparently anybody can be Orlando these days. Um, I I just don't see them winning this one. Uh, Maybe we'll actually see a Red Bulls get a penalty kick on a legitimate call. <laughs> Maybe I know. I know the. I'm I'm gonna guess the odds that are like plus one or no, plus like one thousand or whatever like the high odds are. I don't remember how the plus minus stuff works. Um, but basically, like yeah, like the Red Bulls aren't gonna get any help. Uh, maybe NYCSC will get a penalty kick because you know fuck the Red Bulls and how that shit always works out. And it's gonna it the, the heat is definitely gonna be an issue. Like. I know this past week where I live, it's been hot and humid, and like every time I went outside, I've been like, get me the fuck out of here now. Like, I can only imagine what it's going to be like when you're on the field running around for 90 minutes. I can't. I, I don't envy the players in that scenario. I don't envy the fans either, because I'm going to be sitting at home in my air-conditioned house while everybody in the stadium is going to be like, you know, jumping around and drunk and everything and dealing with heat and all that stuff. I won't be, dealing, I won't be doing either of those two, so. Oh, you're, t- you're taking this week off? No, I'm going, but I'm not going to oh. be jumping around and I don't get drunk, so I'm going to stand and drink water and oh, well, uh, not go. die in the 98-degree weather. Well, that's, that's a good way to go. <laughs> you know, if it is going to be 98 degrees, do you think we at least get Nick Lachey there? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> uh, I kind of wish I didn't get the reference, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I'm going 2-2 draw. I think it's going to be, like Mike, Michael Lewis said, it's, you know, slow game, but each team's going to get their, their chances in. Uh, at least the Red Bulls will get a point. Um, so let's move on. Uh, before we get to dumping ground, Sky Blue, German, you got an update for us? Yeah, they went up to Boston and whipped some ass. I mean, they know how to score. They actually know how to win on the road. So they actually uh, won 3-2 in Boston, which is just an awesome result. They definitely need it, making a playoff push there. And uh, if you love the heat... And you love being in New Jersey, and I know we all do. Saturday night, you can go see them play. Uh, they're playing the Washington Spirit, and as we all know, Washington sucks. So, But they'll be playing at night, so it won't be as hot. It's going to be hot, but not as hot. Hey. Uh, so you go to that Saturday night, and then uh, you don't stay out too late. You get some sleep, and you get up in the early, and you go to the Red Bulls game on Sunday. And make sure you get heat exhaustion on Saturday first, too. Yeah, don't get, don't get sunburn or anything. Sunscreen up, people. Come on. Yeah. Um, so, time for the dumping ground. Uh, before we talk, before, I want to stay on NWSL for a second because there is a team that m- makes the Field Yankee Stadium look regular sized. And that's the Rochester, oh no, the Western New York Flash, sorry. Who, their, their game against, uh, I can't remember what it was. What? Go ahead. We're going to make a point and then Pat and I are going to correct you. <laughs> I, I, know, I know, I know. It's not their regular field, but they're. Okay. I know, I know, it's not their regular field, but their game against Seattle. Yes. Te- technically within FIFA standards, I get that, but is not within NWSL standards. It was like 50 yards wide. I think it was like the the exact minimum for a soccer field under FIFA, and just absolutely ridiculous. We didn't talk about this before, huh? I, I guess we didn't. I know Pat and I discussed it. Um, we didn't talk did we not talk about it on the show? I, I don't think – I don't know no, because uh, you weren't here last week. That's and I, think, I thought it happened okay. after the – I thought it happened after the that we did the show. Okay. Anyway. Uh, it, it did. But, yeah, we can talk about this for sure. Yeah. yeah it's an embarrassment. Oh, yeah. It's a joke. I mean, I mean like, you know, I think, I think when we talked about it in person, I think I said, you know, I'm not the biggest – NWSL fan or anything like that, but come on, it's a professional league. It should be treated professionally. Um, this is a joke. It's an absolute joke. You know, um, you know, I think it goes along the lines of, you know, making the women's national team play in turf fields. It's just, come on. I mean, these are athletes. They're professional athletes. Treat them as such. Don't make them play under stupid 
uh, conditions because TLC is in town. One of L is isn't even right. there. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's only T and C. So come on. Yeah, yeah so what, for, what a slap so, in the face. For those that don't know the whole story, um, Western New York Flash will have a game. Uh, Shaolin Stadium is not owned by the team, and they the stadium got double booked. So it was a Western New York Flash game and a TLC concert, and they chose the concert because it was more money. Yeah. So they had a scramble, and I think there was like a minor league baseball team in Rochester or something like that. So they went to play at their stadium, but I guess because of the short turnaround, they couldn't put grass on the infield or whatever. So their field was literally 50 yards wide. That's horrendous. Like, and I think, I think the penalty box is 48 wide, if I'm not mistaken. So you had like a yard on each side. They would have been better off playing at any high school or college in that area. It's literally. It's not even a joke. There are a number. And there are a number that have football fields. Yep. That horrible. So horrible. Yeah, the, the, the image I saw was just like, how how do you even manage that? I don't know. We don't want no scrubs, NWSL. Yeah. No scrubs. All right. Um, let's see what else. Uh, video replay was tested at Red Bull Arena this week. Ooh. Yeah. Red Bull's, because uh, MLS and the Bundesliga are, are two of the trial programs for uh, the video replay assistance. And they had, a, I, I guess it was Academy Kids or something like that, because I couldn't tell who it was from the um, MLS soccer video. But they had a they had a test match with uh, with the referee. And granted, the MLS soccer video kind of cuts back and forth a lot, so you can't really tell what's the full extent of it. But so it looks like the referee is going to have, like a tablet's going to have like four or five, or I think it was like four sections to it. And they'll get video feeds, and they'll have some assistance up in the... Um, There'll be like a control room, I guess, in the stadium that will provide them the video feed so they can switch back and forth between whatever they need. And so the vi- it looks like the referee is going to get to look at the video on the field. Like, will come over to the, where the fourth official is, look at the video, decide what he has to do, and then that's it. Um, so it looks it looks kind of interesting. I'm glad that we're actually you know actually actually testing this because how many years have we kind of heard video referees are coming, but now we actually get this. And Jay will welcome our new robot overlords. Well, no, because they're still leaving it up to the referee to make the final decisions. So. What, what we need is the line judge in the big high chair. Yeah. Off. In, and then, out. And then John McEnroe will just argue for everybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anything else? You guys want to talk about that or anything else? I got, yeah. I got nothing else to talk about. So I, mean, I guess, you know, we touched upon it with little Michael Lewis. I mean, uh, there's an interesting interview article on Empire Soccer with Gonzalo Barone. Uh, him saying that him and Marsh don't talk. Um, you know, Marsh is quoted in that article saying Barone is getting there, but isn't there yet. So it's uh, it's an interesting read. I mean, all I can really say to, you know, go on top of that is you traded Lloyd Sam for some uh, allocation money. Go fucking use it, you know, because right now there's a hole on the right side. And I want to segue into the allocation money and talk about what I want to talk about when I mentioned the first segment, and that's about a bong, and he's just not ready, non-existent on this team. He's He adds absolutely nothing. There's actually no threat of him coming in and scoring in uh, most of the times he makes appearances. The Red Bulls need a credible... What they, I mean, I would be totally fine if they go get a good striker from somewhere. If you're guiding a guy from another league, do the old, he can come in, he can come off the bench, so he can kind of adjust to MLS... Uh, as every player does need when they're coming in midway through the season, they need that time of adjustment. And uh, maybe next year working with the system, they need they need a credible bench scoring threat. BWP is not and cannot do it by himself. It, and he, it's not. And Verone's just not. I mean, like we said, Verone's not playing in that position to be uh, a striker off the bench. Uh, here's here's a trade I read uh, that was suggested on Pro Soccer Sports. I forget who the writer was. Uh, pro soccer talk rather at NBC Sports. Uh, Zubar for Charlie Davies. Would you do that trade? No, I think I think I think he's a little. Fans would kill him. First of all, <laughs> fans hate him, and uh, I, I haven't seen how. I mean, he's like been barely existent in the league this year. I mean, he he's gotten better, but he still has a reputation for diving. So, do you really need that? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's although. Like, I mean, you know what? We could probably use a good diver because we get no calls anyway. So. I mean, he'd be better than what we have right now as a guy off the bench. That yeah. 
I mean, cause right now both Davies and Agadell are expendable in New England with Kai Kamara being the guy. Right. And, and you know, we have three, well, I'd say two and a half starting caliber, uh, center backs. I mean, I'm not a Zubar fan at all. Um, you know, I mean, the, the article actually said Paranel or Zubar. And I was like, no, not Paranel. No. The women would cry. Not even, not a chance. Oh yeah. All the women, yeah, for sure. They would weep. Um, you know, we got to get more Mrs. Paranel. Jerseys out there, don't we? Like, yeah, know, right. Jerseys, Mrs. Cheater. Yeah, we need it, and I want to see it. Well, I mean, he's looking so sharp these days. Do we really need a jersey? What's that? Are you do you not see the the thing, the feature on him and his clothing? Oh, I saw fancy as shit. <laughs> that guy is money, and he's styling so and profiling. He, he's, he's stepping up for uh, Armando. Oh, for sure, without a doubt. He's, and he's actually good. <laughs> Oh, Armando was decent. Uh. Oh, decent enough. <laughs> All right, uh, anything else you going to talk about? Well, you know, I only have one thing left. Well, I guess it's time for that then. I wish I could pick a good, terrible team, but this week kind of sucked. Yeah, nobody was awful. <laughs> no, it was really kind of a very lame, lame, mediocre uh, MLS weekend. But I guess if I'm going to pick somebody... Well, then I guess we'll talk about the Smurfs one more time and uh, the fact that they went into Montreal and beat them 3-1. Uh, despite NYCFC being a good road team, yuck, yuck! You let you let Lampard score. Ugh. You should might. Well, I mean, they play at Stad Spudo, just burn that place down. It's now been infested. Just set it on fire. Uh, that, that's it. I'm, I wish I had more to give you, but I mean, yeah. Come on, someone beat this team on the road. I think it's. I think it's up to us. It's up to us to beat them. Yeah, absolutely. They're on the road. We shall see. We got the touch. We got the power. That's when, magic. You said, when, when you said we've got the touch, I'm like, I, if he doesn't say we got the power, <laughs> I'm not telling anyone what that reference is. You old people got to figure it out for yourself. And then when uh, it's just yeah. immediate, like uh, he's got to finish it. That's what that was the only thought in my head. Like he has to finish that. <laughs> beat beat NYCFC this weekend, then you know, get off the field quietly and you know just creep, creep, creep. Uh, all right, so let's. Let's get out of here. Uh, you can visit us at onceametro.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash red bull rant and support the show. You can email us uh, like Miguel did by going to right, email us at red bull rant at gmail.com. You can call us this week or <laughs> call us any week actually yeah. at 973-348-5329. Tommy, still haven't heard from you. Tommy. Tommy. Well, Tommy. Let me see you okay, buddy. Come on. Uh, visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Red Bull Rant. Uh, on Twitter at Red Bull Rant for this show, at Dr. Stooge for myself, at PMACDA2 for Pat, at The Truman for Truman. Subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, anywhere you can find us, basically. Uh, last words before we get out of here. Two things. If you're coming to the game, come early, come to the ESC tailgate, and we're going to have a nice big bucket where you can do- donate money to Forza Lucha to our charity, and you're going to throw money in there. And if you if we get enough money, then our good friend Thomas Banks is not going to have his name on our sponsors this year uh, because if we lose, it's actually going to say, uh, Thomas Binkley, I won, you lost, go cry on the message boards. So, as you know, Binks is a turncoat NYCFC fan. So I, I don't. You don't want this guy to win, right? So you got to come to the tailgate, put money in the bucket, or you email us at forzalucha uh, at gmail dot com, and you tell us you want to donate, and we'll tell you how. But there's actually a link where you go donate, and uh, we can't let this guy win. All right, forzalucha, August thirteenth. We're going to talk about it more and more as it gets closer. Oh, and by the way, beat the Smurfs, win. I thought we were raising money to cure AIDS, not beat a guy from YCSC. It's both. Uh, Priorities, Pat. Priorities. Okay, all right. Well, also win. Yeah, this week. Win. <laughs> all right, so for Pat Truman and myself, this has been episode number 192 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, go Red Bulls. Peace out. Lights. Lights.